Mom used to tell me that the legend of the Frogman had been very popular on the Upolo Island in Samoa. She used to say that mothers around there didn't want their kids going out on their own unless they were with an adult, and that people around there just don't go somewhere they don't know. They need to be taken there first by somebody who knows the way. She told me a story once about three siblings, a girl and two boys who were never allowed to go outside unless their parents or another family member went out with them. One day the kids, tired of this strict regime and thinking their mother was just full of superstitions, decided to sneak out of their house to go see their friends who claimed they'll be hanging around an abandoned cabin near a waterfall. It was said there was going to be a party that day. So the older brother and the sister took their younger brother and decided to find the waterfall. And the dad, a fisherman, was gone for a few months and the mom had to go visit their poorly grandma that day. The kids left around 2 p.m. And they went to the only waterfall they knew around the place, but they didn't see any cabin. And the younger sister claimed she knew the location of another waterfall that was by the outskirts. And the brothers followed the sister. Hours passed by, but they still couldn't find the waterfall or the cabin. And the sun set, and it started to rain. The siblings wanted to go back home, but they couldn't find the way back. And as they walked between trees, the little brother began to cry. When his siblings asked him what the matter was, he said, there was a creature chasing them. They stopped so that the older brother could take a look, and that's when the creature appeared. They knew who he was. They have heard the stories before. The Mahotori was coming for them because they were lost. The siblings tried to run away, but the ugly-looking creature hopped fast, and in shock, the sister didn't realize she had let go of the hand of the younger brother. And by the time the two kids realized their brother was not running with them, the little one had already been captured by the monster. The girl tried to go back for her little brother, but the older one grabbed her hand and convinced to go in order to save their lives. But that's not the worst part of the story. It's that you can never move on after that. And for every night, the creature visits your dreams. That was the story of the Mahatori, a story my mom used to tell me all the time. And one of the most interesting things about mom telling me the story is that she was pretty serious about it. Sometimes, even her eyes became watery. She sounded as if she was afraid, which made the story more appealing. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with all the Motori stories and grew up believing he was real. Mom was from Samoa and lived there until the age of 25 when she moved to Australia to be with my dad. Dad died two years ago. Sadly, Mom followed him this year. I do have an older sister, but she is 15 years older than me, and we were never exactly close. And after my parents died, I was devastated. My sister Katrina and I inherited the house and couldn't agree whether we wanted to sell it or keep it. 
and I wanted to keep it, but my sister, who only cares about money, couldn't wait for some cash. In order for me not to deal with my sister, we came to an agreement. She could keep the house and do whatever she wanted with it, but I got to keep every single thing that was inside the house. That includes furniture, documents, pictures, jewelry, etc. Katrina, of course, made me negotiate a few things, but ended up agreeing. The day after my mom's funeral, Katrina made me go to collect the things, and I asked a couple of friends to help me out moving. I checked every single place in the house, grabbed everything, and left quickly. The main reason why I wanted these things was because they had sentimental value to me. Nevertheless, this was not the only reason. As I said before, Mom would always tell me the most amazing stories, including the creepy story of the Mahatori and I, a film producer, that needed a new idea for my new indie production. Well, I wanted Mom's story. Mom used to know that story perfectly, and so did I, but I wasn't such a good storyteller like my mom. I needed her exact same words. I knew mom kept different journals where she wrote things, and maybe, if I was lucky enough, I could find something. And that same night when I was home alone, I came across an old chest. I looked everywhere for the key and finally found it in mom's jewelry box. And when I opened the chest, I found some very, very old photos. And many of those pictures were pictures of mom and her family in Samoa. And I recognized pretty much everyone from other pictures she showed me or from my trips to Samoa. However, I couldn't recognize a young boy who appeared on some family pictures. I was a little curious for a bit, but ended up figuring out he must have been one of my uncle's kids or something. For many days, I checked every single thing, but couldn't find anything relevant. So I had a brilliant idea. I would travel to Samoa to get some information on the legend of the Matori from my relatives. And so I called my cousin Tom, who was the son of my mom's brother Sefo, and asked him if I could stay there for a few days. He and the others agreed, so I booked my flight and traveled the next weekend. I got to the capital of Samoa on Friday evening. However, my family is located in a place near Salamumu, which is south, so I had to travel a bit more. I decided to take a bus. The bus was rather empty. There were only maybe seven other passengers on there. And during most of the trip, I was on my own seat, but then decided to sit closer to the locals so that I could ask them some questions. And I was more than sure that a couple of the older people traveling with me knew about the local legends, including the Mahatori. First, I sat with an older woman. The conversation started pretty normal. We asked each other where did we come from, where we were going, you know, the usual stuff. However, it all changed when I asked her about the legend of the Mahatori. I noticed her eyes changing. And she asked me why a white-looking kid like me wanted to know about it. I was honestly taken back, but I answered that, well, I was a filmmaker and was interested in knowing about the legend. 
and she responded, The Mahatore legend is not for entertainment. It's to be taken seriously. And I asked her if she could tell me her version of the story, but at that moment, she asked me if I could change my seat because she wanted to get some sleep. And, well, I had no other option but to say yes and move away. I obviously offended her somehow. When I was going back to my seat, I had a guy who was sitting two seats behind the old lady, and he invited me to sit next to him. He was a student who lived at the Capitol, and he told me he had heard the conversation and wanted to know what I knew about the creature and what my plans were. And I told him that I was interested in doing an independent horror movie about it, and then I told him what I knew of the story. When I finished talking, the young man had a smirk on his face. The first thing he said was that I should stop asking people about the legend, because, well, they did not take it well. And secondly, he said that my version of it was one of the most interesting ones that he has ever heard, and that I should get to the bottom of it. And I wanted to ask him what he meant, but at that exact moment, the bus had arrived to Salamumo, and it was time for us to get out. But before we got out, he said, Listen, everybody around here knows who the Mahatori is, but everybody around here has their own version. Ask your family about it. He said as he got up from his seat. When we got out of the bus, he handed me his business card. And hey... If you need me one day, call me. Minutes later, after arriving to the station, Tom came to pick me up. Wow, I hadn't seen him in at least four years, so, well, I was very happy. And Tom took me to Uncle Sefo's house, where both of them, um, Sefo's wife and cousin Marla and her kids, lived. And when I got to their home, everybody was just so very nice to me. I was offered delicious traditional foods and beverages... Myself and my family had so much to catch up on, and we were having such a good time speaking about a lot of things, including mom. So I didn't want to ruin the vibe and decided not to question my family regarding what I wanted to know. Well, at least not for the first day or two. However, on the third day, as I was speaking to Uncle Sefo and Tom, I brought up the Mahatori. Hey, you know... When I was a kid, Mom used to tell me the story of this creature called the Matori, I said. And at that moment, I could tell how my cousin stopped what he was doing, and how my uncle's expression changed, even though he tried to hide it. So, what do you know about him? Uncle Sefo asked me. And so I told him the story. And I also told him that I was thinking of making a movie about it. And although they didn't seem too happy, Tom looked blank, and my uncle looked, well, he looked angry and pissed off even. I don't think the people who lost their brother would be very happy to know that you're getting money out of a tragedy, my uncle told me. What do you mean, Uncle Sefo? He's not a real monster, he's just an old person's folktale, I said, and I tried to laugh it off. My uncle Sefo just walked away. And when he left, I was alone with Tom. And I asked him what my uncle meant. 
He said uncle and mom were the two older siblings of the Mahatori story. I, of course, didn't believe at first. I'd never heard of mom having another sibling. Tom, however, was very convinced. He said he could prove it to me later on when everybody was sleeping. And I had so many questions, and I refused to believe that the Mahatori could be real. I refused to believe that mom hadn't told me everything about her life. And the only thing I could do was wait for Tom to show me his evidence. Earlier in the morning, probably around one in the morning, Tom opened the door to my room. I was still awake, still thinking of the things he said earlier. Tom opened his backpack and showed me a brown folder. He opened the folder and proceeded to show me some pictures. They were family pictures with grandma, grandpa, and three kids, and while I recognized them all. The little boy on the pictures was the same boy who was on some of mom's pictures. You know, the boy I couldn't recognize. And despite seeing all this evidence, I refused to believe this was real. Or at least that the creature had been the real cause of their brother's death. And as Tom left, I decided to go outside and walk by the beach. I just needed to clear my mind. And I walked probably for an hour when I noticed that there was a path similar to the one in the story. So, I decided to follow it. It's such a small village, and I walked for so long. I was now at the outskirts of the village. I couldn't help but feeling curious. I wanted to wander around through the trees and find the waterfalls. So I headed to an unknown place, all on my own. I did not follow the elder's advice. I wanted to do the exact opposite. I wanted to see the creature, <laughs> if it were real. I walked around this unknown path for an hour, and every minute I looked at my watch, nothing manifested. At some point, I got angry, and it angered me people could be so superstitious. So, I just started screaming. I started to dare this supposed creature that steals people that gets lost. If you're real, then show yourself. I screamed at the top of my lungs. But, I must say that I soon found what I was looking for. I started hearing this sound. It sounded as if a frog was croaking. And soon after that, there were some loud noises. As if a giant was walking past. But it wasn't that. It was him. The half-frog half-human creature. He was heavier and uglier than I thought. He was slimy and fat. I ran and ran, trying to escape from that repulsive thing. And while I ran, I never looked back. I ran for 30 minutes while he was behind me, trying to catch me. His breathing was the ugliest thing I've ever heard. And eventually, I just stopped hearing him. When I was certain he was not there anymore, I turned back. He was gone. I had seen the frog creature, the Mahatori, and I had survived. I returned home, packed my things, and earlier the next day, 
I took a plane back to Australia. I could have told my family the truth, but the Mahatori had harmed them enough. I can now see that my uncle and the other villagers were right. It's not a good idea to entertain people through somebody else's suffering. The time running away from the Mahatori was the scariest thing that had ever happened to me. And Mom's story was right. You never really escape from him. He's always in my dreams. And I decided to call the guy I met on the bus because I needed to know what he knows about the frog creature. And the problem is, is that even though I'm afraid of the creature, I still want to know more. I guess now I know why mom always mentioned him, even on her deathbed.